Welcome to the CapTech podcast with President Sims. I'm president of Capital Technology University. We're a small, private, nonprofit, fully accredited university in Lower Maryland, focused on building and enhancing careers for industry in the high demand areas. We have been in business since 1927, and we focus on STEM or management of STEM in all of our degrees at the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral levels. Today, we have Dr. Sabari Gupta with us. She is the CEO for Electrosoft. Welcome to the program. Um, I'm happy to be here, Brad. Thanks for coming today. And could you start off by telling the listeners a little bit about your background? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so I grew up in India. That's where I'm from. Uh, I, I grew up there in the city of Kolkata, which is one of the bigger cities in India. And I went to engineering college at uh, one of the Indian Institutes of Technology, which are, I guess, India's premier engineering uh, colleges. And I studied electrical um, communications engineering, electronics and electrical communications engineering. And so after my undergraduate, I uh, had a fancy to come to the US for graduate school. So I applied to a bunch of universities and I got into University of Maryland at College Park. So um, I came to the US in the late 80s to uh, complete my um, graduate education at the University of Maryland College Park. Um, I spent uh, about almost six years there actually. I did my master's there and then I um, decided I wanted to uh, do my PhD as well. And so both of them were in the uh, uh, Department of Electrical Engineering, but it was during my uh, graduate school days that I really took a fancy to computer security and data security and kind of um, sort of moved myself in the direction of what we now know as cybersecurity. In fact, my doctoral thesis was on, uh, uh, on the methods and, you know, um, I guess, apparatus to figure out when um, operating systems, you know, had vulnerabilities. You know, I built an AI-based tool that would um, scan operating system uh, source code to find um, places where, you know, uh, situations where they, it might uh, introduce a vulnerability of some sort that could be penetrated. So anyway, so that's what I did in school. Um, and then beyond school, after getting a PhD, uh, most of my compatriots, you know, they uh, applied for academic uh, positions, but for whatever reason, I decided I wanted to go into the industry. So I, um, I started work, uh, you know, uh, in industry, and I, I worked at about three or four different companies over a period of nine years until um, I started Electrosoft, you know, my own company. This was in 2001, exactly 20 years ago now. And for the last 20 years, that's what I've been doing, uh, growing uh, the company that I founded uh, from the basement of my house um, to, to be a, you know, uh, a strong federal uh, cyber, let's see, federal contractor, you know, government contractor and uh, specializing in cybersecurity and various other IT um, capabilities. No, that's exciting. That's a great background. I, I certainly uh, think that you know private sector work is is exciting, and I'm an accidental academic. I started my career in the construction industry, work, working around the United States building refineries. So um, certainly enjoyed that aspect, and then accidentally moved into higher education. Uh, with your, you know, all your experience, what do you think? higher education should have in all of our degree programs that prepare students to meet what industry would like to have in graduates for the job areas that you're focused on? 
Well, I think, you know, job areas, regardless of job area, any, I guess, technology or professional job, I think, you know, the most uh, basic um, sort of skill sets that I think we are looking for would be things like, you know, the person has the confidence to, uh, uh, to uh, get into problem solving, you know, collaborative problem solving, the ability to think clearly, uh, to, um, you know, uh, do presentations or to uh, write, you know, articulate what they have in mind into a um, written a medium. Uh, I mean, such basic skills, I think, are, are most important for uh, fresh graduates, you know. But beyond that, I, I think, you know, if they are graduates from a program which is in the same field as, for example, you know, we work in the IT um, cybersecurity realms, right? So folks that we would hire straight from college, we would um, expect them or hope that they are knowledgeable on the basics of, you know, um, information technology and networking, for example. They know the basic terms, they know some of the core, um, you know, protocols for networking, you know, uh, things like that, you know, so that would be good. And for cybersecurity, of course, if they came out from a cybersecurity program, we would expect them to know, again, the basic terminologies, uh, the basic uh, sort of, you know, best practices maybe, or, um, you know, where the standards are, like we support a lot of federal government um, uh, contracts, right? I mentioned we are a government contractor. And so within the federal government, there's a whole bunch of standards and guidelines that uh, the National Institute of uh, Standards and Technology puts out that pretty much governs, you know, how cybersecurity gets implemented within the federal government. And so at least for us, you know, if we hire somebody that already is aware of these NIST standards and guidelines and can navigate through the huge list of such standards, you know, to find the right one to, that's applicable to a particular uh, project or task, um, that would be very helpful. Um, other things, I guess, you know, um, more and more these days we see that uh, people coming out of uh, school, you know, they have some uh, experience, meaning internships or projects that they might have done in school, you know, where they're uh, working with uh, tools or technologies hands-on and solving actual, you know, real-world problems or a, you know, defined problem if it's a school project to uh, achieve some goals. So that's always nice because it uh, shows us that not only do they know some of the theory, but they are able to work with um, tools and technologies in our space and have actually, um, you know, been able to use them to solve some problems or to achieve a um, end goal. So those are nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, at a high level, you know, that that would be, um, those would be the kinds of things we would look for from a, a fresh graduate, whether it be an undergraduate, uh, you know, a degree or from a person with an advanced degree. Well, that's a great list of uh, areas to focus on through the career programs. We. We both, you know, here at Capital Tech, we offer the bachelor's, master's, and doctorate, and cybersecurity are our largest degree programs. And for the master's degree, we even offer leveling courses for somebody who might want to change their career to go ahead and move into cybersecurity. So there's like three additional courses that, that help you understand what you, you should have gotten in a bachelor's degree. What do you think in, in your industry, what would your advice be to somebody who may want to change their career and move into your industry? Is it, is it possible? Is it something that the market is ready for? Cause you know, they're in this market area for the Baltimore DC area, you can't get enough cybersecurity graduates. Sure. 
Right, right. I was going to say that it's absolutely recommended and highly uh, encouraged because, yes, uh, schools cannot turn out enough cybersecurity knowledgeable, um, you know, analysts and engineers to meet the demand that's out there. So, in fact, you know, as we hire uh, at our company, you know, to staff uh, the various projects that we uh, win from the government, um, very often we find that the cybersecurity analysts or cybersecurity engineers that we hire they had um, they they transitioned from a different type of career. You know, some of them have background in psychology. You know, uh, one lady she was a hairdresser before she decided you know to check it all and get into IT and then cybersecurity. So, you know, I would say it's absolutely possible. There's uh, nothing wrong with it, and it's highly encouraged. The main thing in being successful in any field of life in life, I think, is the desire. You know, it's the motivation to to get into something. And if if a person has the right level of motivation, they will seek out whatever knowledge and experience or let's say certifications that they may need to, to be good at what they do, you know, to be able to do what they wanted to do. So uh, in many such cases, you know, people may have an undergraduate degree in some other field because they didn't know getting out of high school, you know, what they wanted to be or what they wanted to work on. So, uh, but, but later on, they realized either for economic reasons or for interest level reasons that IT or and or cybersecurity is where they want to be, you know. And the job market that they, you know, I would recommend that, of course, you know, they can take courses, you know, whether it's a formal degree program or not, but at least if they can get the knowledge, you know, they can take courses to shore up the, uh, the fundamentals, you know, as I mentioned before, the basics of IT or cybersecurity, you know, the terminologies, the standards, the protocols, et cetera, that are kind of the, um, the foundation of the whole um, IT and cyber industry, let's say. So that would be good. They can take courses um, or get, a, get into a degree program. Uh, but also, I guess, most importantly, I've seen that when people make such a transition, and I've seen a lot of these uh, such um, candidates, they usually try to get one or more of the industry certifications um, you know, in that uh, field. So in uh, cybersecurity, let's say they may go for security plus or um, CISSP is a high bar, but Security Plus is, is relatively achievable. And so making the certification their, you know, at least temporary goal, uh, as they do the transition, what happens is then they realize, okay, well, to get Security Plus, I need to know these uh, many things. And to learn those many things, they can either do self-study or they may decide to take a couple of courses at a community college or, you know, regular uh, under, uh, you know, college. Uh, whatever it is, they get the, get the um, knowledge and they may even sign up for some of these boot camps, you know, that help them to sort of uh, spoon feed them on the specific, you know, uh, items that they need to know for the test. But whatever it is, once they achieve uh, one or more of these certifications, suddenly they become very attractive um, to companies like us because, you know, on most government contracts um, for the different positions that we have to um, sort of fill uh, to get the job done, uh, government uh, requires that, okay, they need to have such and such certifications or, um, uh, you know, so many years of experience. And so if, if somebody has a security certification, for example, um, you know, we are always very interested to talk to them because, again, there's such a dearth of uh, viable candidates out there. Somebody who goes through the certification process and achieves it, I mean, definitely is um, attractive in the marketplace. 
But um, I also wanted to say that, you know, if at all possible, um, you know, given whatever job that they're doing, let's say if they can slowly um, sort of uh, direct their career towards the IT arena, I think that is also a good thing because as I mentioned, for most federal uh, sort of related uh, positions, contractor positions, um, it's usually a combination of so many years of experience and one or more certifications. You know, those are the check boxes that we typically have to fill, uh, sort of check off on. And so, if they can get some type of you know IT experience on their current jobs, that's always a plus as well. You know, because they are making progress on both fronts experience as well as uh, certifications. So I know in our bachelor's and master's cybersecurity and IT degrees that we have content that covers the certification test that somebody could take along the way or when they're done. But based on what you said, um, is it something that regardless if you have a degree or not, you should still complete certain certifications? Those are, are something that everybody should do along the way or are they a prerequisites to just um, maybe if you're interested in the field or how do you see like I guess the weight of, of what certifications hold for employment? I think actually to it does, may not sound good to say it on this podcast but I think in many cases you know even a bachelor's degree is not necessary. Again there's such a dearth of um, uh, capable folks uh, in the cybersecurity zone uh, often we hire folks that don't even have a bachelor's degree, but they have been doing system administration, let's say, you know, from their graduate school days. And then at some point they decided that um, they wanted to uh, sort of uh, veer into the field of cybersecurity. So they got a certification. So that profile, that sort of a profile working in, you know, in the trenches and the IT um, and system administration realms, let's say, for a few years and then getting a um, a security related certification, that combination is pretty powerful because they have the hands-on knowledge and experience, you know, uh, that, that, that are needed to be successful in a cybersecurity job um, because it's based on IT, right? If you know your IT uh, pretty well, then um, getting into cybersecurity is infinitely easier than otherwise, you know? So, um, so yeah, degrees are great, uh, but we've hired and had very successful experience with folks that may not have had the opportunity to get a formal degree, but they've worked in the trenches in IT and then they've you know, invested in themselves and by getting one or more certifications and learning on the job, I guess. You know, ultimately, it's the hands-on experience that uh, industry really values, I believe. You know? So that's what uh, helps us to solve the problems, right? No, I think, you know, the certifications just show how the market demand is is so huge for this industry. It's just that, you know, where can we get the the employee base to fill the demands? And so, you know, there's many resources out there that uh, you can take to provide a job opportunity in this. And I think this is just reflective of that, that that's one way into the field and it's a great way just as well as a degree, uh, you know, depending on where your background and where you came from, what you've done. I think that eventually in the future that uh, even high schools, all the students graduating from high schools eventually will have to understand programming before they graduate. I think it's gonna come, yeah, it's you know, it's just a no, certain, certain no. time frame that we're gonna mm -hmm. see that happen. 
No, I was going to say, you know, just my own background, as you've uh, just heard, you know, I went through a lot of years of schooling and academics, right? So certainly I'm not a disbeliever in education, you know, college degrees or higher education, um, certainly. But um, in fact, what I've always told people, you know, people ask me, well, you know, you spent many years getting a PhD and then you're in industry. So how has it helped you? You know, was that a waste of time or not, you know? So, you know, I actually feel that education, whether it's, you know, undergraduate or higher education, what it really teaches you is, um, you know, is the, is the mental uh, sort of, let's see, the confidence, you know, to attack problems, uh, to think that you can learn something quickly, that you can articulate it and present it to others, you know. So those are the kind of skill sets that you get in college. Those are the core skill sets I think any, you know, most good degree programs will give you, uh, which you may miss out on if you just, you know, went into industry and worked, you know, from high school and got a certificate uh, for security. So it's not to knock the, the education aspect, but certainly with the high demand in the cybersecurity arena, uh, I guess we are seeing that to find, um, you know, uh, talent, we are having to look at uh, candidates that do not have an undergraduate degree. And yet they are, they are successful, you know, once we hire them, they do their job and uh, we are able to fulfill the requirements of our, of our um, customers. No, completely understand. Matter of fact, years ago, Capital Tech started moving the option for the bachelor students in the cyber area to take the last two years online because so many of them were working full-time after their first two years. Again, the market's been there for several years. So uh, it, it is, a, you know, the way I would look at bachelor's degrees is it's very applied type of degree that you want from a bachelor's. I took mine in construction management and it was project management based, uh, very, applied in the in, in project management and that was a great skill set i applied that across all industry segments that i worked in mm -hmm. and i had never planned to go back to school for an advanced degree until one day i i decided that mm -hmm. maybe i get a master's degree and i can change kind of my career path and that led me into higher education and it was an accident but but the um the degrees then that i received i don't know about you but in especially in the doctoral level i I did a lot of writing and that improved my writing abilities quite a bit. And so I was very happy in the end after I did it, this I think that, you know, I would have never spent amount, that amount of time writing before. So it was a, it was communication enhancement and also allowed me to see um, how to do better presentations because, you know, mm -hmm. if, whether you're a bachelor's student or a master's student or a doctoral student, if you're working in one of our segments of industry, you, you know, many times you're going to be doing a, presentation, you're going to be communicating in an oral written way. I mean, those skill sets are transferable across all the technical skills. So mm -hmm. I think that's an element that, you know, you kind of get from one of your degrees at a university. But let me ask you, I know you've mentored young students before, and I'm a big proponent of internships. And so if we do happen to have traditional age undergraduate students that come to campus here, we have undergraduates on campus students, we do um, try to help them all find internships. I think that's an important aspect of going through mm -hmm. a degree program. What, what do you think about the internships? Yeah, no, I agree. I, in fact, I was going to add that, you know, that's one of the ways that people can, um, you know, students can get the sort of hands-on or industry experience, not only uh, for the technologies or, you know, the field of choice, but also to have the experience of working in a professional environment, you know, how people carry themselves, how people 
you know, uh, communicate amongst one another to be part of meetings and kind of see the dynamics, you know, of a typical meeting and, um, uh, you know, how, whether it works well or it doesn't work well, but they pick up, uh, you know, uh, pointers, right? Um, so there's a lot to learn and that I think that internships really provide a great opportunity to young people to kind of uh, see, see how, how industry works, you know, in a, mini, a sort of miniature format. Uh, even as they're getting their um, graduate uh, or their degrees, you know. So, so certainly, I mean, I, I believe in internships and uh, certainly when we evaluate um, candidates you know, for employment at our company, if they've uh, done internships at one or more places, um, we always have them talk about it. Um, and one of the things, you know, um, I mean, I don't interview a lot of technical people these days, but earlier in our company's history, you know, I used to interview almost everybody we hired. But I, I would almost always, you know, ask them to talk about what they did, whether it's a school project, you know, technical project or an internship, because, I, I, you know, I was always trying to figure out, I mean, how much passion they had, you know, for what they did, you know, whether they talked about it with uh, energy and with passion, um, or they were just, yeah, I did this and I did that, you know, because ultimately, you know, a good, um, a, 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 an employee that really works out well in a company is one that has the enthusiasm for their job and um, you know they like what they're doing. So to me, that's something that I always look for, you know, at whatever level of um, position we are hiring for, to see that passion and that enthusiasm, you know, because ultimately the knowledge can be gained, especially with this uh, in this day and age with you know the internet being the all uh, omniscient, you know, sort of source of information. Um, people can research and find out what they need, but you know the the character traits are not uh, as easy to, I guess, you know, change or to learn, you know, adapt. So, so I think again for our company, and I'm sure most other companies, when we hire uh, folks, you know, candidates, I think the character, the personality traits, really matter a great deal, and in some cases even more than the specific knowledge that they might come to the table with especially if it's just a fresh graduate, you know, we're not expecting them to know exactly what we're gonna put them on, the work, I mean. So they can learn that, but we're looking for the other core skill sets, you know, the, their enthusiasm, their ability to learn, their ability to, um, you know, their, their confidence level or their um, communication skills, you know, because if they have those, the other stuff, you know, they'll learn on the job. We have no doubt about that. Oh, I, I agree. and. Uh... While in our bachelor's program, whether it's the on-ground or online uh, students, and, and some of them are transitioning military, some of them are career changers, besides the traditional age students, we do enhance that with uh, career programming. So not only are we constantly working with our students about stuff related to your resume, to your interview skills, but we even uh, teach students about how do you fill in the security clearance forms, because many of our students are going to work for an agency or a subcontractor, the government in this marketplace. So we're we're working with them in the entire time that they're bachelors and, and getting them ready. And we have on-ground career fairs and we do some, some two days of work with them to help them get prepared. So we're trying to help them, you know, shine. And, and the internship is certainly something that is is, is an add to your resume. And I, I hope every student takes advantage of that because it helps you clarify if that's where you want to be after you work for the company. As a matter of fact, I encourage undergraduate students to participate in associations as a, it with a, you can get a cheap student 
membership because I think it's important that they network with people working in industry because a company has a culture. And what I find is that you're more happy if you if you have a career in a company that has the same cultural values as you. And so how do you find that? That's hard. So maybe if you could join some of the relevant associations and participate a little bit, that does get you some networking opportunities as well. Yeah, but that's a, that's a great point actually. And I really appreciate all the things you guys do at Capital Tech to get your students ready for the, um, you know, especially for the government market, as you call it, you know, like the security clearance forms, for example. Um, it may be, um, if they're familiar with how to fill it out, they will be um, less surprised, I guess it will happen quicker, but, but that's good. And that uh, this associations, you know, taking part, especially as a cheap student member, it's a very low cost usually. Um, that's, a, that's a wonderful idea because you get to um, get to know, get to you know, know other people in the field and through that it might even be easier to get a job in the first place, but also to check out um, you know, the company culture aspect because if you know, if you get to befriend a, a, a few folks from different companies, you can kind of glean what the corporate culture is in each of those companies. And that might help you to select, you know, um, one that is more in line with your own values and such. And yeah, I, I'm a complete believer in corporate culture being the, you know, uh, it, it's such a big driver. In fact, you know, when we try to market ourselves as a company to our customers, um, of course, you know, uh, we have to have skill sets and we market those, but we also um, sort of uh, buttress that with our, you know, corporate culture and why that has helped uh, to to fulfill all the obligations we have under the contract, you know, better than let's say our competitors, you know. So yeah, uh, culture is, is a big deal. And the cultural fit, I guess, alignment between the candidate and the company is also very important for the longevity and success of that um, employment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I th you know, it's expensive for a company to lose a good employee after a few years. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you can get that alignment up at the beginning, it really helps both the employee and, and the company, I think. And, you know, for our undergraduate students, we're, we do other things such as if you're an online or on-campus undergraduate student, we have a commitment that if you graduate and you don't have a job within 90 days in your career field, you can get a certificate in another area for free. And if you're an on-ground student, we guarantee you a minimum $50,000 starting salary. Otherwise, we have a plan that repays yours and your parents' student lo quarterly payment loans every quarter um, so that until you exceed $50,000 in your salary, because we only offer degree programs that are in demand. So it's not something that we're just doing because we are trying to market it. it we, we know that the market's there for all of our students and we want to support our students with this additional, I don't know, I guess it's an ecosystem of programming mm -hmm. to help you not only get your technical degree, but also be successful as you go out the door. Yeah, that, that's amazing, actually. I wish some of the larger universities would make such guarantees, you know, with so yes. many high-priced programs that yield uh, very few job opportunities, you know, for students. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, we're, we're a private nonprofit, and so all private nonprofits, the, what your rate you see is tuition on campus is, is you always get scholarships off of it. So we're very compar comparable to uh, you know, other universities, even state universities, especially out-of-state universities, were, were probably less expensive. So, um, you know, it's, it's not, Capital Tech's not overpriced as a private university, but we try to enhance all this so that our students know that when you come here, um, you're, you're getting a good 
uh, job or career for the rest of your life and you can take mm -hmm. care of yourself and your family. And sure. uh, our students in our master's and doctoral programs are usually working full time at one of the agencies or subcontractors within the region and they're advancing their career skill sets and they they love the part time flexibility we have with those online degree programs. So uh, again, they're, they're, it's a win win for, for all of us here. Mm -hmm. So one last question to finish up with. Um, if you can take the 20,000 foot view, stand back, how is your industry going to roll out over the next five years? What do you see any major issues besides obviously the still shortage of workforce, which is happening across all industry segments. So, you know, we, we have degree programs in construction and facilities and we enhance them with IT because it's all incorporated now, but all of these markets, shortages everywhere. So what, what do you think is gonna happen, say, let's just say short-term in the next five years to your industry segment? Well, uh, you know, if I had a crystal ball, we're just uh, <laughs> seeing the trends uh, currently, at least in the cybersecurity realm, I can assure you the number of jobs and opportunities will probably double or triple in the next five years, you know, because we all read it, read in the papers about the, uh, the, the different, you know, cybersecurity compromises that are happening to very large organizations, uh, to cities, to governments, et cetera. And so all, and there's new legislation coming out, you know, as we speak to strengthen the country's uh, cyber infrastructure, you know, whether it be um, government or, you know, industry or the critical infrastructure, which is mostly private industry. Um, so there's going to be a huge, uh, you know, continuing demand for cybersecurity knowledgeable uh, uh, candidates, I guess. And uh, so, so I'd say it's a very bright future, at least in the field of cybersecurity and, and so for IT as well. I mean, most organizations cannot start, uh, you know, they have to be IT organizations as well, right? Whatever business you're in, you're also doing IT because you can't, uh, it's almost a basic infrastructure now, right? I mean, you can't do without it. So I'd say for IT and cybersecurity, I mean, they're going to continue to grow and the demand is probably going to double or triple. Um, so I'd say, uh, yeah, that that would be my forecast, you know, sitting where I am right now. No, I agree completely with you. That's why uh, three years ago, we added bachelor's, master's and doctoral degrees in critical infrastructure as well, because we took the best of our cybersecurity and we've added it to programs such as construction, facilities, aviation, because uh, critical infrastructure, if you look at the Department of Homeland Security, the 16 segments are mostly facilities. It's not just about cyber attacks on financial computer systems. And so our critical infrastructure courses have also added in components like operational technology, right. because uh, a lot of people weren't talking about that three years ago. But as we know from attacks that are recent, like the pipeline attack, we know that this stuff is 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 certainly attackable. And so we want to be there with you to help, you know, educate a, a group of people who are going to be needed because it's only going to be more and more uh, uh, dangerous in the future whenever mm -hmm. this type of attack can come from outside. Nobody has to show up in the United States to do this. This could be from anywhere. So uh, it's big market. I mean, these are great career paths for any uh, anybody who's interested. Um, as we've talked about in this podcast, great for career changers who may want to be involved in these fields. Um, the market is there and they whether you pay for education, there's a lot of free resources out there that that you can take and, and learn about this information or these certification programs you can be involved in. 
I think there's a lot of avenues that you can move into these markets and, and help with what's needed in the future to uh, be involved in cybersecurity, IT, critical infrastructure. It's just uh, the way of the future and, and everybody should understand that um, uh, there's, there's uh, an, a value of, of being involved even if you don't think you're involved now that it's gonna happen in the future because of all the smart buildings and everything's connected versus the, the internet. And so uh, you can't avoid it anymore, I guess is the, is the real mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and I want to add, you um, said something which triggered a thought, which is, you know, in addition to being a great career path, I mean, you know, uh, the, the fields that you were just talking about, uh, and uh, being a good uh, a good choice from an economic perspective, you know, to have a good job, good well-paying job. Um, I think the other aspect that draws a lot of people is that it's very meaningful or impactful work. You know, you get to make a difference, right? So um, if you're protecting the country's, you know, cyber infrastructure, operational, you know, cyber physical systems, let's say critical infrastructure, um, you know, you feel that you're part of the solution and you're helping. Uh, and, and that, I think, means a lot to, to uh, young people, especially, but to everybody, I'm sure, right? It's not just about earning money. Um, it's also about feeling good about what we do and seeing the impact of what we are able to do. I agree. And I wanna thank you for being on the podcast today as we're getting near the end of time. This was Dr. Sabari Gupta. She is the Chief Executive Officer of Electrosoft. You can find them on electrosoft-inc.com if you wanna visit their website and you can find her on LinkedIn if you want to connect with her. So I appreciate you coming to today's podcast. Thank you very much, Brad. And I want to thank all the podcast listeners for today's podcast and please check us off at captechu.edu. We're here in Laurel, Maryland, and we're happy to connect with you as well. So thanks to everybody listening today.